1: Podcast Special, When the Kings Go to War Second Samuel 11 begins with these words, In the spring, when the kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the army. Because these words, in the spring, when the kings go to war, are the first words in the chapter of David's worst part of his life, and his greatest sin, with Bathsheba, and the betrayal and murder of her husband, Uriah the Hittite. There is such a weight to these words. And for this reason, we've studied the meaning of these words when the kings go to war. Obviously, David stayed home. But what kings and what wars? It just happens that in the previous chapter in 2 Samuel 10, one of the greatest Bible battles of all time occurs outside the gates of Rabbah, and Israel's army is nearly destroyed. In a two-pronged demonic attack, the devil sent an internal attack of lust to deter David's heart, while he sprung an external trap to destroy the armies of Israel. In this episode, we attempt to paint the picture of this situation and portray the spiritual and physical battle raging, and portray the opposites of David's wayward heart compared to the courage and boldness of his soldiers. For God was more than present in Joab and Abishai's defining moment prior to the Battle of Rabba, for the Lord will do what is good in His sight. For the Lord will do what is good in His sight. Special thanks to Jason Watson and friends for taking this biblical drama script to a whole new level.
0: Podcast Special When Kings Go to War As a consequence of David's shift of focus away from his worship of God to self-indulgence, dormant and bound generational predispositions to secret covetousness and excessive lust arose inside David's heart. In the spring, when the kings go to war, David sent away his army and even his counselors, including Ahithophel, on important matters leaving him unrestrained with his many wives and concubines to indulge himself. One day, when he was on the roof of his tall palace, he looked down upon Jerusalem, and he witnessed Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah, bathing behind her walls, but within full view of David's palace. David looked upon her and looked away, muttering something to himself, but then turned back and looked down upon her again. Not taking his eyes off of her, he called upon his servant and sent a letter requesting Bathsheba to dinner. How do you like the pomegranates?
2: They're very delicate and full of flavor. Where did you get them?
0: <laughs> Glad you liked them. They were imported from Arabia. I believe the greatest pomegranates are from there. Before the Ammonites conspired against us, they would trade them to us. You were eating the last of the pomegranates from Arabia.
2: My lord, I cannot eat the last of them.
0: Don't worry. We can still get them from the other countries. And after the war, our supply will return.
2: How is the campaign going, my lord?
0: It is going well. How do you like the wine?
2: Very good.
0: Then you shall have more.
2: I really don't need any more wine.
0: It is good for you, I insist.
2: My lord, my grandfather always said...
0: I know plenty of what your grandfather says, and I say wine is good for the heart. After all, I can tell you our wars have not interrupted the grape harvest. I believe the greatest wine in all the world is found here in Israel due to the latter rains this year. Servants, bring more wine! Do you know what makes this wine so good? What? It's the soil. It hasn't been tilled and cultivated or worked in years due to all the war. The soil is good because it has been rested.
2: When do you think the war will end?
0: The army is at the gates of Rama. Victory is within our grasp.
2: But when do you think it will be over?
0: Bathsheba, Bathsheba. Let us talk of other matters.
2: My king... Why have you called me?
0: To share pomegranates and wine. Why else?
2: My king, for what reason did you summon your servant to your dining table?
0: Have you ever seen something you really desired? Sure, my lord. Today, I saw something that I desired. Something I was really touched by.
2: And what did you do?
0: This is what I do, what a king does. I pursue objects of my desire. You are here because I saw something this afternoon which I desire.
2: And what is it that you desire, my lord?
0: Take for instance the pomegranates you ate. Since they are no longer available, to what lengths should I go to achieve them?
2: It it is no bother.
0: But what if it was my heart's desire?
2: They are just pomegranates.
0: I know, but my heart's desire is not for pomegranates.
2: I am not following.
0: After our meal here, I want to show you something. This new palace made of cedar has not been open to the public. There are great rooms in the palace that have not been seen by anyone. Can I take you on a tour?
2: Yes, my lord.
0: And upon the tour, I will reveal to you my heart's desire. Ignoring the promises of God, the worship of this God, and the law given to Moses, David took his final steps toward death in the grave as the wine flowed freely, and demonic prognostication of adultery drew to his final notice. The deathly hole was dug, and David was stepping into it, one he would never dig himself out of. For the lips of the adulterer drip honey, and speech is smoother than oil, but in the end, is bitter as gall, sharp as a double-edged sword. The devil's two-pronged attack upon the head of Israel and death to its armies was sprung, but to the north about twenty-nine miles as the crow flies, a nobleman ran into the camp of the armies of Israel. His name was Uriah the Hittite, and he was carrying the news of the investiture of their position and the envelopment of their army by cruel demonic forces. Shohab, Abishai, I have bad news. Not good, bad news. We are surrounded by two enemy armies. Where? To the west and north. West and north? Yes, two armies. To the west, it is Hazyazor's men from the great river. I recognize the flags. A Hittite would always remember those flags. And to the north? Armies from Tob and Mika. Tob, Mika. Over 10,000, to the north.
2: Ah, David, where are you? Uriah, take this news to Maniah. Alert the three and all the 30. Send news and awake all the men and prepare for battle. No longer will we wait for David, but instead the enemies of Israel have come to this very field, this very field. Curse you, David. What's more important than your men? at this very moment.
0: I will alert the men.
2: Uriah. Yes, my lord. Return when the men are assembled. I will. Abishai, it looks like we are surrounded. Completely. Outnumbered and surrounded and without our king. You asked me the other day, would you rather die in battle or as an old man full of years? Huh. That's just what we say when we're campaigning. I wasn't serious. <laughs> I remember, though. And you said, an old man in the arms of his wife. <laughs> I lied. Better to die in the hands of glory. <laughs> you were always one to make light of our darkest moments. Today could be our last, my brother. Brother, we must divide our forces. Yes, I will lead the Thirty against the Ammonites. You take the army against the Hadiezar, Tob and Mika. And if the Arameans are too strong for me, then you will come to my rescue. But if the Ammonites are too strong for you, then I will come to your rescue. Be strong, my brother, and let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. The men are ready. Thank you, Uriah. We will split our forces. I will lead the armies against the Arameans. Uriah, you will lead the mighty men against the Ammonites. Pass the word. Give me another hug, my brother. Brother, I am grateful to fight with you today. Now go and win this battle for the sake of our God and Israel.
0: Rarely does an inferior army split its forces in the face of numerical superiority. But on this day, Joab and Abishai split their forces. Abishai attacked first, screaming orders at the men and leading them into the fray of the charging enemy and into the fog of war, invisible to his brother Joab. Though the fog of war separated them, Abishai could still hear his brother's words as he fought the Ammonites. Let us fight bravely for our people. In the cities of our God, the Lord will do what is good in his sight. Phasing out the whizzing of arrows and the deafening cries of the wounded, Abishai heard those words in his head even as he fought their enemies. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. The Lord is good. God is good. The Lord is good. The Lord will do what is good in his sight. He had on replay in his mind just as true dawn broke. And the light of the sun rushed upon the battlefield, shining the light of the sun upon the enemies of God. The Lord will do what is good in His sight. The Lord...
1: I hope you enjoyed this portrayal from 2 Samuel 10 and 11. It states that when the kings go to war, David stayed home. This was when he committed adultery with Bathsheba, the wife of one of his mighty men, Uriah. Scholars disagree which battle was going on at this exact moment, but it was clear that David was not present when Joab and the army was surrounded in 2 Samuel 10. I mean completely surrounded by multiple armies. Israel's army could have been annihilated this day. This was the closest Israel's army came to defeat by the hand of its enemies in the lifetime of David. It's interesting to portray this scene because it paints a picture of two opposites, sin and false love called lust, which birthed eventual murder by David compared to bravery, courage, and faith by Joab and Abishai. David was in the wrong place and the wrong time, and the result was what some would call love. But in reality, it was a sin of lust and adultery. While miles away on the battlefield, we see godly love, which could be one of the best examples of phileo love in the whole Bible. Phileo is one of a handful of types of love used in the New Testament. Since the Old Testament paints a picture of concepts taught in the New Testament, this is one of the best examples of phileo love or brotherly love. Phileo love is defined as close friendship, or brotherly love in the Greek. In this scene, two true blood brothers, David's generals, were fighting for their lives and exchanging what could have been their last words. To paraphrase, If I fail, you have my back. If you fail, I have your back. We have done our part. God will do His, and He will defend His honor and name and people. God is good, and He will do as good in His sight. David, who was a warrior failed to put on his armor and fight on that day in spring. Joab, who was a warrior, put on his armor and fought the enemies of God. David's battle was in the spirit against sin and the devil. Joab's battle was in the physical against Israel's enemies. David failed to go to war and was led away to destruction. Joab went to war and defended Israel, and God fulfilled His promise to Israel and revealed He is good in His sight. Joab and Abishai would go on to perform some disturbing sins, which would follow them to the grave, but so did David. Joab will be put to death by Solomon, David's son, but in this scene they displayed godly courage and incredible faith in God and love for God and his people. Let us never forget that there is a conflict going on, whether it is in the spirit or the physical, and that we should never allow ourselves to rest when it is not time to rest, or to be entertained when it's not time to be entertained, or to stay at home when it's time to go to war. Special thanks to Jason Watson for putting together this audio drama. For more on Jason Watson, check out his website at nightwatch.squarespace.com. And special thanks to the characters in the audio drama. Thanks, Jason, for voicing David and Uriah. Special thanks to Jessica Watson, who was the voice of Bathsheba and brothers Elliot Shipman and Ian Shipman for voicing Joab and Abishai. And we give credit to the website freefx.co.uk for the use of the awesome sound effects. Thanks everyone for joining in to this episode of Message to Kings.